Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your professional life or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is as resilient as she is innovative and resourceful. Conquering both the professional world and a chronic illness simultaneously for more than three decades, she has not only defied the odds, but also left an indelible mark on an inter- as an internationally recognized expert in the content strategy and content management realm. Duly dubbed the mother of content strategy, she has partnered with Fortune 100 companies across high-tech, life sciences, and financial services, setting new standards for, and literally writing the book, Managing Enterprise Content, a Unified Content Strategy on Strategic Content Success. But here's where her plot thickens. In 2021, she embarked on an extraordinary journey of transformation. With her ever-growing pool of experience as an industry expert and consultant, with intent and a new mindset, she pivoted her focus from content strategies to something closer to her heart, health and success for the busy individual. Her decades of first-hand experiences taught her what it takes to climb the ladder of success, as well as the toll it can take on mental and physical well-being and the strain it puts on personal relationships and family dynamics. Recognizing the importance of sustainable success and refusing to let health take a backseat in the pursuit of professional achievements, she now shares her valuable advice and guidance to others and helping them navigate delicate balance between career aspirations and maintaining optimal health as a revitalization coach. She's a certified coach and consultant and host of her own show, The Essential Mindset, where each month, each month's episode offers insight, resources, and support to help viewers thrive during life's unexpected challenges. Welcome, Anne Rockley. Thank you. So that was a highlight reel. <laughs> Literally, you are a pillar in my industry, uh, in, in content and content strategy and whatnot. So maybe you can give our audience just a little bit more. We'll delve into the details of the transition, but a little bit more about what you're doing today. Well, I, I am a health coach and a career mentor. And I kind of have one of those points, as many people did during the pandemic, uh, where obviously I had lots of work that wasn't an issue, but I just kind of started to reconsider and think about things. And what did I want to do in my next life? Sort of, And um, I decided to do something that was very soul satisfying for me. I have had to learn how to manage my health. I have had to learn how to manage stress. I have had to learn how to handle very difficult situations. And, and yet I also, you know, was very successful in what I did. And there is, there is so much knowledge in there that so many people could find value from uh, in in how to navigate through potentially their own health challenges, to navigate through uh, mental health, physical health, career challenges, all sorts of things. I've encountered them, overcome them, and kept on you know, keeping on, as they say, and and built um, on top of every one of them. And I thought, this is the time. This is right. This is when um, I want to say, here I am. Uh, It's a new me. It's the same me. It's a me you didn't know about. But I have a lot to share. I love love that the transition for you was an organic one. Um, I'm sure it was not easy, and we'll get into the the nitty-gritty of that. 
but it really sounds like it was something that you just felt was right. So before we dig into that, though, as my audience knows, I always ask my guests the first four questions. So if you're ready to get going, we'll dig into those. Okay. What was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Astronomer. I was going to be an astronomer from the age of six. Nice. And I planned everything to be an astronomer. I joined the Royal Astronomical Society. I built my own telescope. I studied pure and applied sciences in high school. I got into astronomy in university. And then I had to switch. I could not complete the program because I had to do a practicum in the mountains of Hawaii, which sounds lovely, but it's uh, in over 14,000 feet above sea level and I couldn't breathe. And that was it. It was over. 20 years of planning gone. Poof. (laughs) That was my first love. I was going to be an astronomer. (laughs) Wow. That's devastating. Yeah, it was pretty hard at the time. So um, you must be aware that we're about to have one of the best solar eclipses in April that you've yes. ever seen. Yeah. Are you heading down to Niagara-on-the-Lake to check it out? Because <laughs> apparently that's the best place for us, for our audience. Both Anne and I live in the same general um, greater Toronto area. So, you know, where we want to see this is about an hour and a half away from us. So I'll see you there if you're going, because I'm going for sure. <laughs> yep, I'll be trucking my telescope and my... <laughs> My uh, sun filters and things like that for the telescope. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yep. Who was the first big influencer on your life? I think it was Helen Hawke. And she's an American or was an American Canadian astronomer. And she practiced uh, locally here at the David Dunlop Observatory. And when I was just in junior high, we visited it and it just she just amazed me. I mean, she was a woman. She was very, very well known in her field. She was very scientific. She was very successful. And many universities rejected her because she was a woman. And I just was just floored by her and I just thought she was amazing. And that was as a teenager, so that really was an influence on me. That you it's interesting. I'd love to hear more about, and maybe we can get into this further in the conversation, how that either spurred you to not take no as a woman and really push forward or whether it fed into some of the, oh, I wonder if I can actually do this because, you know, I'm not going to be able to to get to where I want to go because, again, being a woman and the limitations. But our next question, is there a song that epitomizes your career path or one maybe that's inspiring you right now? I'm not really a music person. I do enjoy listening to music, but I don't really focus on that. I'm, I just get inspired by new and interesting challenges. I'm always seeking something new to learn and discover and, oh, that's cool and read about and, and all those sorts of things, talk to people about it. So not so much music. That's all right. What are three words you'd use to describe you and your career? Independent, survival, which is thriving, not just surviving, and a pioneer. Those are all excellent. Thrival, survival. I love that. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna. I will give you full street cred for it, but I may. I may start using that word just so you know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, 
your professional career, you, you, you had the aspiration and the diligence and the, the planning. You, you did the work to get and, and realize your dream of, of astronomy only for it to be literally yanked out from underneath you. And then you've got to rejig and, and look to something different. So what, has, what did that journey look like? So you, you put in all that amazing work. And the wonderful thing about astronomy is you still get to leverage that in a, in a hobbyist kind of way. But where did you pivot to? How did you lean in and, and find yourself as the mother of content strategy and then again have to pivot again um, or not have to choose to pivot again, uh, you know, after such a su- successful, lengthy career? Well, I think I have always excelled in very, very difficult situations. So when I had the rug pulled out from under me in my dream, my lifelong dream, I just couldn't do it anymore. I kind of had to sit back and I had to think about, well, what do I know and what do I have I learned? And um, I had a tremendous background, math, physics, chemistry, computer science. And I thought I'd become a science journalist. I thought, oh, that'd be great. You know, I can help people to understand. And then I discovered that there wasn't really a, a, a job. There wasn't university education and science journalism or anything like that. And I thought I might edit um, science books uh, because I was actually a very good writer at that point, which is sort of a dichotomy. You're typically really good at writing and not as much at science and vice versa. And I knew I had that combined brain. Anyway, I found a job for a friend of mine who was also looking, and it was for a tech writer. And I told him all about it, and he he said, well, thanks, but I don't think I'm really interested. Why don't you go for it instead? I said, well, I don't even know what they do. Uh, And he said, oh, just go for it. It'll be fun. Well, I got the job. And so that was a bit of an unexpected, hey, I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to use my science and I was able to combine my, my, um, you know, my uh, computer science and my uh, writing skills at the same point. And then (laughs) there's all these different sort of things that happened. And so two weeks into that job, my boss quit and I had no clue what I was doing. And there were two other people that had also been hired and they didn't know what they were doing. And we all started the same day. So two weeks, no boss, no nothing. Nobody knew what was going on. So I just figured it out. And again, no education, no books, no training, no nothing. But that's me. I love to figure stuff out. And I did it and I did it very, very successfully. And people loved the materials are very creative, not what you think of, you know, today with a manual and all this kind of stuff. I had all sorts of little little guides you could carry in your pocket and all sorts of other stuff. And I got recruited by Apple. And so I went to work for Apple. And I love that. They introduced me to multimedia. They introduced me to hypertext way back when, you know, all the links and stuff like that. That was cool. And that was interesting. And then I got laid off after two years. And it was like, okay, now what? And so I decided to try as a contractor. And I um, 
and took my knowledge that I had built all this online information and I'd been presenting on how to write for online and all this stuff that nobody knew anything about at that point. I mean, it was just, it was new and I was presenting around the world and all this kind of stuff. And I started landing jobs with very large organizations, big banks, um, energy, um, all sorts of different areas. And then that introduced me to yet another area, which was content chaos. And it was like these big, big organizations had all this content and they didn't know what they had. They didn't know where it was. They didn't know how current it was. They didn't know how useful it was. They didn't know much of anything except they needed to have it in order to, you know, satisfy maybe regulatory requirements or um, their customer needs and those sorts of things, sell the product because they couldn't do without the content. And um, so I started developing content strategy. And this was in the late, um, <laughs> in late 90s, <laughs> so a long time ago. And I just wrote about it and developed it and then um, did presentations on it, started talking about content strategy, and then landed a book contract, you know, writing about content strategy. And so that was the first book. And that came out in 2001, which was right near the beginning of this whole area. And definitely, um, it was just content and chaos and trying to figure it out. <laughs> Well, certainly your your problem solving investigative drive um, has served you well. From whether it was by necessity, your job uh, because your boss is no longer there to to train you. Although I have a funny feeling, there's a lot of people feeling that way with this new re newer remote work situation. So there's probably a lot of people going, yeah, my boss is around, but I still had to figure everything out on my own. But that's a whole other conversation for a whole other another day. Um, right. And then leaning into these new things that Apple exposed you to, which must have been phenomenal working for Apple, especially at that time when it was, you know, the organic nature and the community and whatnot. And then having the... Um, strength, the conviction to go at your own, because again, technology, male dominated, it's early in the industry. Mm -hmm. So there weren't a lot of us kicking around back then. And nope. so you would have been not only, you know, evaluated with an additional grain of salt, it was probably a pound of salt, right? Where it's like, well, what does she know? And then to take all of that and, you know, you, many of us have um, been given monikers in our, in our careers and, and titles and whatnot, but you truly did earn and deserve the mother of content strategy because you were the first. I mean, your book is still one that I recommend to people to read and to, to dig into, especially early on when they're getting into it. So from that perspective, um, we in the industry say thank you, and those who have read the book say thank you. So tell me about how was, you know, you've got all of this going, you had a, you were, you were successful into and through, um, it, into, into COVID. It was not a necessity, um, an external pressure necessity for you to shift. Was there a defining moment, a decision, something that significantly 
impacted you and thus the trajectory of your career where you, you made the pivot? Oh, it was probably a combination of things. So this was not my first pandemic. This is my second pandemic and I nearly died in the first one. I was hospitalized for six weeks and uh, I was very young and then it was touch and go for a long time. So it was kind of like, okay, yeah, here's another pandemic now. And, it, and it's like, that was my, I've had four recessions. I've had all sorts of things. And, and there was just so much going on in terms of fear and anxiety and concern uh, out there in the world. And you talked about remote. Hey, I've worked remote for over 30 years. You know, again, I, there was just all these things that I thought that my journey, my story could help. And then the horrid thing, I in 2022, I turned 65. So people started asking me, are you going to retire? And it was like, I don't think so. <laughs> no. You know, and, and it was like, then I started thinking about it. Well, did I want to retire? No, I didn't want to retire. Did I want to keep doing what I was doing? I could keep doing what I was doing. I just, just, there was this, just this draw to help other people who were suffering to help them get better and be successful in whatever they did. And I don't mean that as like a doctor get better kind of thing. Absolutely not. But, but just life happens. How do you deal with it? How, what can you do? How can you control your life? How you can, can make decisions about your life and you can choose to pivot or not. And so it was sort of all of those things coming together during another period of, of, oh man, not again. <laughs> so what does your current role like look like today? What, what's getting you up in the morning? What are some of the challenges? And maybe what are some of the compromises you're making now that you didn't before? And I use the word compromise not in a bad way, but, you know, we have this – I very much try and, and keep a, a bandwidth. So I think about what I'm going to, uh, you know, start, stop, and keep – because you can't keep adding things to your plate because you're right. just going to shove something off, right? So what does this new revitalization coaching and, and whatnot entail? And, and how does, you know, what's getting you going in the morning? What's the mojo? <laughs> well, like, it's, it's working with people. Um, and, it's, and I really enjoy and I've always enjoyed working with people. I'm working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And seeing them grow and seeing them get healthier and seeing them get strong in mind. Uh, and I, I use an assess, a couple of assessments. I use an assessment called the Colby assessment, which is a, for cognitive, uh, your willingness to do certain things and doing that with people. They're like, holy cow, you know, I always thought this was a problem or I always thought that I didn't do this well, or I always thought, you know, something else or people look down on me because of such and such and so-and-so. And it's like, no, that's your superpower. That's your strength. That's why you're so good at what you do and you just need to let yourself. So that begins the journey of people to start feeling really good about themselves 
And then I do an analysis from a nutritional perspective. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner now. And uh, that was really exciting learning all about that and how food and everything else can change your your um, body and health and those sorts of things. And we just work together. We work together to solve health issues. We work together to um, grow their career. I just had somebody last week who uh, got in touch with me. I'd worked with her very early in, in 22. And she said, I just wanted to let you know that I've used everything you taught me to get my latest job. And, um, you know, so she, you know, she got the job of her dream. She got what she wanted. She got to, to be where she wanted to be. So, so it's, I keep saying it's soul satisfying. I like helping people. I've always taught people how to do things and I've taught people methodologies and strategies and all that kind of stuff. But now I just do it on a personal level rather than on a corporate and a technological level. Now, it's not to say that there aren't challenges. One of the biggest things that I had to overcome was just people looking at me and seeing me in a different light and understanding that I could bring something to the discussion that wasn't strategy and all. And people wanted to know if I was going to write another book. No, I've written three. <laughs> you know, probably not. It just, it's that whole, I used to call it old me to new me, but it's not really new me. It's just a different side of me. It's a different perspective of me. And then learning to work um, B to C as opposed to B to B. That is very different. It's very different. And, uh, so that that's more of the challenges, but I'm loving all the learning and I'm loving helping people and I'm loving, um, you know, what I get to, to do now that I get to create and I get to help people in a different way. I'm curious, has there been something I know, you know, I as well have been in the consulting field for most of my career and one of the things, or, you know, you tend to develop a few things that are your go-tos, whether it's a methodology, whether it's an approach. It could be something as simple as, as getting engagement, right, like an icebreaker or something like that. Have you found anything from your first successful career, maybe something was a go-to tool or whatnot, that a two-part question that you tried to apply and it just it wasn't going to work? Like you just you tried and it's like, nope, can't make it work. Or maybe something that you didn't think of that, accidentally, you know, fell into the process where you're like, wow, this, this works across the board. I don't know if you would call it engagement, but one of the things that transitioned really well was in the beginning, working with any organization, I would always do what was called a substantive audit. And it was dive deep and figure out where the problems are and figure out what's working and figure out what's not working. And and come up with those nuggets really early on in terms of focus and and um, things like that, and then move into the design and the methodology, and and then teach people to uh, or companies at that time to to be successful without me. You know, there's a lot of people who wanted to keep me forever, and it's like, no, <laughs> you can't. Um, but it's exactly the same. 
it's exactly the same methodology. It's how it's understanding people. It's giving them that nugget. It's giving them figuring out what's working, what's not working to give them the strength and satisfaction and, and um, all those sorts of things and know that, and then grow them and then let them go on their own and, and see that, you know, they can be very successful. So that transition really well. I had to learn to pull back from being too much of a techie because I'm really a techie. <laughs> you know, I can't help it. You start in astronomy and you, you spend, you know, 40 years in high tech and that sort of thing. And I am a techie and not everybody's a techie. So I had to pull back from cool, isn't this cool about leaky gut and, you know, and all this kind of stuff that people just like, uh -huh. um, but I had to change the way I viewed things and the way I communicated. I'd always been really good at communicating, but just making sure I could communicate and motivate in a different way. And it, it wasn't that it failed. It just was different. Yeah. Yeah. That it's the communication thing that changes, right? You, I mean, you know, from an audience perspective and, and marketers do this all the time, you have to know your audience and then change the way the words you use and the, the phrasing and the communication and even, even the channel so that they receive yeah. it the way they want to or need to, not the way we want them to or need to. So I could imagine that must've been a, a pretty massive pivot for you on, on, on that front. But it sounds it like it's was. going extremely well. So that's good. That, yeah, that's great. I'm loving it. So this might be a, a bit of an, an outlier question for you, seeing as you've just made a change and it's, you're doing something that's, you know, like you said, it's soul fulfilling, right? It's you're, you're thriving in this new space. But if you weren't doing this consulting and coaching, this new helping people, if there was an alter ego for Anne where money and environment and all those things didn't matter, what would you be? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I loved who I was. Um, I love who I am. I always wanted to be an astronaut, <laughs> you know, way back when, when I was a kid. And they were all landing on the moon. I wanted to do that. But I don't know, I, you know, I thought about retirement and that just did, I could not see myself in that role at all. So where else would I be? I don't know that I would be anywhere else in either where I am or where I was. I love both of them. And there wasn't anything else that surfaced that said, oh, regret, you know, just the things that when I was younger and that's okay. It was a long time ago. Life happens. You talk about being an astronaut. I just finished Chris Hadfield's An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. Yes. I'm yes. not sure if you've read it yeah. or not, but yes, yes. <laughs> just so amazing. I've heard him speak a couple of times too. And it's just when you were talking earlier about the passion and, you know, this conviction and at six, you knew it because that was his journey as well, right? He decided, at, yeah. I, think he, I think he was nine, he decided when they were up at a cottage that I'm going to be an astronaut. This is before Canada yep. even had a program, a space program. And um, it sounds like you were akin to that. So, uh, you know, mm. there you go. Maybe you and Chris need to, to connect and, and have lunch and compare notes. <laughs> <laughs> 
could be. I have met him once in a pub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Probably playing guitar or something, right? Yeah, he was actually. And my daughter was dancing Irish dancing. And it was like, oh, this is really interesting. I didn't know he was going to be here. Oh, cool. That's great. So for our listeners, particularly the women in our audiences, as we started off this conversation and talking about some of the limitations that, you know, you you met early in your career and, and um, we continue to face moving on, what would be your best piece of advice, whether it's life, career, success, happiness, really anything you'd like to share? Well, I think, I think one of the big things, which has always been sort of a guiding light for me, is not taking no for an answer. You can't do this. You're not skilled to do this. You're not the right, you know, you're female, not male, not whatever. It's, it's, to me, it was, was never seen as a barrier. It was just like, okay, how can I do what I want to do and go around it? So I'm constantly looking at barriers and pivoting around them. And I've done that all my life. So don't take no for an answer. And then one of my favorite, we never talked about movies, but one of my favorite movies was Galaxy Quest. Okay. And it's a spoof on the Star Trek series. So not surprising. I was quite interested in it. And one of the main characters in it uh, says, never give up, never surrender. And absolutely, never give up, never surrender. Yes, you may not be able to do exactly what you wanted to do or the way that you wanted to do it or in the time frame that you wanted to do it in, but it doesn't matter. Pivot, repoint yourself, move towards that bigger wherever it is you want to go. Don't let other people tell you what you can or cannot do. Don't let society do that. Don't let your finances. I mean, there are so many things that we can do today. So, you know, finances, hey, you can take a MOOC, you know, one of these massive open online courses doesn't have to cost you, don't have to get a degree, don't, you know, whatever it is, it, nothing has to hold you back. If you just focus on your goal and figure out how to get there, or maybe pivot, you know, maybe pivot around and you'll find something that was like, Oh, I didn't even know that was there. I didn't even know I wanted that, but that's exactly what I want to do. So just don't get stuck. Don't get, you know, give up. I think that's, that's my biggest thing. Amazing. So in closing, this has been fantastic. In closing, where can our audience find you? Web, social, um, when does, when do your monthly, um, shows drop? So the, the monthly show is the last Wednesday of the month and I largely post on LinkedIn. Um, I do duplicate on uh, Instagram. I don't currently use Facebook, um, but LinkedIn, I'm posting practically three, four five times a week. And, um, so, um, and Rockley, uh, and that's where most of my content's coming from. And I will post, you know, upcoming activities, webinars, presentations, all that kind of stuff. The essential mindset, uh, essential mindsets on the bright talk platform. 
So if you go to brighttalk.com and type in The Essential Mindset, you'll find what shows are upcoming, as well as three years of recordings. Excellent. All right. Well, and thank you so much for today's conversation. So inspiring. To my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Anne and hearing about how letting curiosity and passion to drive your success can lead you, lead you down so many paths and bring you somewhere amazing that you might not even have known you wanted to get to. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list and check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey.